Welcome to the Love Anarchy Podcast in the Relationship Rebellion, where we get deep about love, relationships, and dating. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton, mindset coach and love expert, here to talk solo with you today about being addicted to love. I keep remembering that 80s song, you might as well face it, you're addicted to love. Well, while it's probably not love in the way we frame it here on the Relationship Rebellion, it definitely is a big factor in our culture um, in relation to trauma and how we've been brainwashed to understand or believe what love is. Why does love, quote-unquote, hurt so bad? Why do we suffer so much in unfulfilling relationships with divorce, with our inability to be vulnerable and trust, or even our inability to love ourselves? So initially, I was going to address why women love bad boys and why men love bitches. But as I dug deeper, and I've been digging deeper for so much longer, I decided to take a more psychological and neurobiological approach or lens to looking at what goes deeper? Why are subconscious behaviors keep us from having real, genuine love? Thus the title, Addicted to Love. We can become addicted to anything. And this obsessive, compulsive thoughts about anything, exercise, Um, drugs, alcohol, gambling, anything that brings on and gets those neurotransmitters working can become addictive. But there's certain things in our lives that make us more prone to addiction and specifically addiction to love and addiction to being in the wrong relationship with the wrong people. How many times have I had clients say to me, I have a bad picker, or I just seem to attract the wrong kind of person. And although it seems that it's just that way and kind of how our cards are played out, there's a very subconscious drive. And Often it's related back to our childhood, how relationships are mirrored to us and how we were treated as children. And while we don't often as adults want to look back to that, when we have that experience that we know we're doing something wrong, but we can't help it or we're we're the wrong person. And we make excuses. We don't look at the red flags or we are too involved in the feeling of what 
we're calling love. And while healthy relationships are amazing and awesome at the beginning, toxic relationships can even feel more addictive in nature. Those highs, those lows, that roller coaster leave us reeling from desire and feeling on top of the world to the rejection and back up and down. The relationship with our primary caregivers creates the foundation for our attachments throughout our adult lives. And while they've always been there, it feels normal. And oftentimes people are like, I don't understand. And while I have to examine my childhood, it was so long ago, that when we start to uncover that, we realize the impact of zero to seven years have on our psyche, on our neuropsychology, and on our attachment styles. When our caregivers provide the care we need, we feel safe and securely attached. And then this leads to a sense of safety and securely attaching to our romantic partners later in life. But if our caregivers fail to create that secure attachment, we feel so insecure and anxious in all of our attachments later in life. That can show up in friendships, but especially shows up in that romantic, vulnerable relationship. So science has really uncovered so much recently and showing the lack of nurturing in a specific developmental stage can actually cause the lack of dopamine production in our brains. The dopamine is that that feel-good chemical, that elated high that you have with attraction and lust. So attraction or the initial stages or even fantasy about a relationship, which is called limerence, can cause downloads of dopamine production in our brains, thus feeling so easy to get addicted and override seeing those red flags or again getting involved with the wrong person. How we are treated as children becomes the norm for us and psychologically plays out over and over so subconsciously. With my clients who say that they have a broken picker or only attracted to emotionally unavailable mates or even dismissive and abusive partners, they are more likely to have had a parent who made them feel the exact same way. It's a strange sort of comfort that neglect and abuse feels attractive and more normalized, attentive people feels boring or even annoying. 
When you have that feeling that logically you should not be inviting the idea of a new man or woman, yet you feel you cannot help it. You feel drawn to it like a moth to a flame. And then when you're in that relationship, you are wanting to change them or maybe fix them. Becoming the mother bird with the baby with a broken wing, wanting to fix that person so they fill the needs that they obviously cannot fill. This is often linked to that desire you wanted with your mother or father, wanting them to see you, to love you, to appreciate who you were. And Be attentive to your emotions. When we are young, we believe everything is our fault. And if we just made them happy or did something different, they would finally love us. This continues to play out in our adult lives as well. When we have childhoods that don't meet our needs in developmental phases, Abuse, neglect, manipulation, in a very strange way, feels comfortable and feels like love, even though there's a part of you who knows it's not. That emotional roller coaster of having your feelings neglected and then all of a sudden feeling placed on a pedestal feels like love. Your nervous system is actually programmed for this confusion. In toxic relationships, ones that are chaotic, unpredictable, unsafe, emotionally unavailable, we also feel withdrawal. The unpredictability, the red flags, and feelings of disconnect are all signs that this toxic relationship is unraveling. And with this addiction, we find ourselves doing whatever it takes to keep that person in our lives. But then there's things like social media and media in general and TV that support these concepts because they're dramatic and they cause us to be drawn into them. Some obvious examples are Kelly and Ryan from The Office and Harley Quinn and the Joker from Suicide Squad. But you can think of most of the rom-coms or the dramatic romantic movies that are all based on these extreme, extreme examples of the emotionally unavailable man or the abusive man and the woman wins them over or changes them. This is often unlikely to happen, but it is very driven into our subconscious and unconscious minds of what romantic relationships should be like. I think of the 2011 film, Fifty Shades of Grey, uh, written from the novel series Fifty Shades, you know, that erotic romance novel by E.L. James. 
it became a series that many women got addicted to and very erotic regarding BDSM. And not that BDSM alone is bad, but Christian Grey is noted to be very damaged. And what Anastasia Steele gets drawn into is trying to understand and adapt to him while she loses parts of herself. And it's romanticized. And I remember so many women poolside reading the book. I could never quite understand, especially with these women who had beautiful relationships with their husband. But then it made me think that there is still that drive toward having that broken, almost abusive man erotic. And while as we get older, we realize that this is not necessarily the case, or we don't identify with it as much, we seem to tolerate it and think it's the norm. And unfortunately, as we do get older, more and more people are unhealthy. The healthy people are married and coupled. And narcissists or narcissistic tendencies have a space for them to come out in online dating and on social media. It's really causing that unhealthiness to really seep in on an even deeper level. This is causing long-term effects, not only on our relationships, relationship with ourselves, but it causes mental health problems like depression and anxiety, and it really leads to physical risks as well. Sherry Borg Carter says, in a long-term study followed more than 10,000 subjects for an average of 12.2 years, their researchers discovered that subjects in difficult, high-conflict relationships were at greater risk for developing heart problems, fatal cardiac events, than their counterparts who were not involved in toxic relationships. While this may be really terrifying, it goes to show that investing in a healthy relationship is just as important for your mental and physical health and well-being. We know so much that connection is important to us, but this makes us realize how important healthy connection is too. From a feminist perspective, this idea of what's been shown in porn in movies and social media is training women to be able to put up with this toxic behavior so that we will be able to be contained, to be submissive, and 
then it's brought back to us for not being the kind of woman who's able to change a man or change the circumstances, bringing it back to them for not feeling good enough for being able to get love and retain real love. This gets very confusing for women, whether they've had a difficult childhood or not, whether they're lacking the dopamine or not. Is it them for being too needy or not trying hard enough to help their toxic partner become a better person or a better partner? Why is it so difficult to break this habit, breaking this habit of finding unavailable, abusive, narcissistic partners? Well, the brain of the victim often becomes desensitized to the toxic behavior. And this is also the desensitization with seeing movies and things that exhibit such behavior. They become so accustomed, and they probably already were from childhood, to having high tolerance for bad behavior. But then again, from a brain standpoint, then normal, giving, loving, kind people do not create the same dopamine effect in the brain. Then... The safety and security of a gentle, giving, kind partner, we find them less exciting and challenging over the long haul. So what's the solution to all this? Well, looking at media as entertainment and not the truth and valuing yourself and healing those past childhood bonds and trauma and being able to finally eventually value and love yourself. What would it be like to know your own dignity and worth? Really get to know yourself and what you want and set boundaries. While we're taught oftentimes that boundaries will ward people off, it actually causes people to respect us and we respect ourselves. I've learned that boundaries are the things that keep us from becoming angry and without expecting other people to treat us or already know how to treat us. And then we do not have to get angry. But if you do find yourself feeling angry, don't dismiss it. It means your boundaries are being stepped over. Find a coach. Or if you find you have childhood issues that you want to resolve, find a coach who specializes that. Or even going a little bit deeper, find a therapist. Work on those core issues. So you can attract people and tolerate people who actually love and honor you. Because when you love and honor yourself, other people can do that too. 
and it doesn't feel like foreign territory. So there are profound differences in how you feel in a toxic relationship versus a healthy one. What you want to ask yourself in a relationship, are you experiencing extreme highs and lows? Are you feeling anxiety most of the time? Do you feel like you are out of sight, out of mind for your partner? Do you feel confused and like you're making things up when you are feeling badly about how your partner's treating you? You often find your partner or you don't know where they are and you have extreme feelings of jealousy or insecurity? Do you find that your partner puts you down as critical or backhandedly passive-aggressive versus when you're in a healthy relationship, albeit for the traumatizing mind, feels boring? Do you feel safe? Do you feel loved? Do you feel seen? Do you feel that you are listened to and your opinions are taken into consideration? Do you feel at peace? Do you feel whole? Do you feel like you can be your total authentic self in the relationship? Do you feel like there's room for growth? And instead of grasping, trying to change, trying to fix, do you feel like just going with the flow? Those are totally different expressions of relationships, toxic and healthy. If you're finding you answer yes or identify with a lot of these unhealthy behaviors that you feel conflicted between what you're really wanting and what you're experiencing, please get a hold of me. You can contact me on Instagram at Soulfire Healing Arts or on Facebook on our Love Anarchy podcast page or Andrea Atherton. And no, you are not alone. I am too a recovering toxic relationship junkie. And it took me a long time, even being in the fields, to realize my perception or my brain and how it worked and my attraction to people who were emotionally unavailable, especially as a therapist and a coach. Well, why do you think I got into the field? And it really drove my passion to really uncovering what love really is. Thank you for listening in to the Love Anarchy podcast in the Relationship Rebellion, where we get deep about love, relationships, and dating. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton, mindset coach and love expert, here today to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening in with us on the Relationship Rebellion, because I know you have a myriad of podcasts that you can listen to.
Please tell your friends about the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, ring the bell, leave feedback because it supports the podcast so much. I know we all tell you that, but I would appreciate the support. If you'd like to become a part of the Love Anarchy community, you can find us at the Love Anarchy podcast on Facebook. It has all our episodes and you can leave feedback, which is much appreciated. I'd like to leave you with my favorite short but sweet quote, love is the only true 